I didn't mean to turn that off. Hey, what's going on? Uh, a little glitch <laughs> technically there. Um, wow, I was going to make a snappy joke about Denver's trying to hang on as we record this podcast live right now, but I botched that. How's everybody doing? You're listening to Tears from the Press Box. I'm your host, Headphone Joe. No, no, you in the phone. Um, and I'm here with my co-host, as always. What's going on, everybody? Brennan Tassif coming to you live, New York City in the building. Wah, 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 wah. The building. Um, so... I don't know if you folks are aware, but the NBA playoffs have kicked off officially. The playing games are over. I got all the games right. Um, did I? Nope. I got one game wrong because playoff P turned into pandemic. Yeah, P the Clippers game you missed. And yeah, he uh, tested positive and couldn't play in the game against the New Orleans Pelicans. But other than that, nailed every one of them. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. We'll talk about MLB season starting to shape up and, you know, we can rant and rave about what's going on over there. NHL little preview Panthers on a bit of a heater. Um, and a couple of football things I want to ask Brennan about and the return one week after saying it should be our running joke, the return of the walk-off. So without further ado, Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Middle finger Kyrie, Brennan. Kyrie Irving yeah. is back in the Boston Garden. It's not the Boston Garden, TD Garden. We all know this. Um, but we'll suspend disbelief for a little second. Back at the Boston Garden. Double middle fingers to you, idiot moron jackal. Um, the, the Celtics win this game late. Uh, Brennan, what were your thoughts? Um, they win it as late as possible as on a buzzer possible. beater. So a couple quick things I want to throw out. First, home playoff buzzer beater in Celtics history and the wow. close to 400 playoff games they've played at home, um, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I think they have, have had five buzzer beaters in the playoffs overall, but all of them have been on the road. Um, so a couple of things. I was shocked that uh, Kyrie had the game that he had. He was on fire. Which makes me nerd. I was only shocked because we were talking about his inconsistencies before when he came back to full time. And I didn't, I mean, obviously, if he's going to go off in a game, it's going to be game one in Boston. But I was just, I was surprised that it was him and not Kevin Durant. They kind of, I mean, Kevin Durant still got, you know, still got a lot of his stats, but they, they held him and contained pretty much. And Boston mm. to have, since January 1st, the number one defense in the NBA, I mean, Brooklyn put it on them a little bit and they only won that game. So they're at home. They're projected by all the analytics to win the, the championship as far as like betting favorites and all that kind of stuff. Champion? With how oh, Brooklyn, you mean. I'm saying you statistically like all that kind the of Celtics stuff. Celtics are projected to win the championship. Yeah. They're, they were projected to make it to the finals just with wow. the way that they played and like analytically, I, I see, just I from a pure, saying, but still, wow. yeah, from a pure number standpoint and the fact that they're at home, um, and they could barely beat Brooklyn when KD was playing well, but not at his best. It was that was a bit uh, eye opening for the rest of the series. I think the series is going to go seven. I think it's going to be a lot tougher than I thought it would be at the beginning. You know, two weeks ago, I was saying, like, no one should be scared of Brooklyn. Like, no one's playing well. All they have is KD. And now all of a sudden, it's like, uh oh, Kyrie might have actually found that switch to just turn it on. Yeah, this Boston team kind of reminds me without um I can't remember his name ever. Grant Williams? Is it Grant? You're talking about Ricky Williams? 
That is not the Heisman winner I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll pull it up because we yeah, always forget. <clears throat> I can never get it. It's so like a generic name. I can never remember. Robert Williams the Robert third. They Williams. do have a. Why do they I have a power forward on the thing? team named Grant Williams? Ah, that's why I got confused. Thank yeah. you. Um, Williams. We got to get rid of the surname Williams. Like it's so generic at this point. Um. But this this team reminds me of the Celt the Celtic the Clippers of Chris Paul where they had the best starting lineup those Chris Paul Celtics with him Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan of all every lineup in the league they had the best starting five they had the best starting five the best five players off your bench blah 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 but once you removed one of those pieces it got harder and harder to do anything. And the reason I say that is this Celtics team has no bench. Yeah. They have only no three guys one, came in off the bench in this game. Have, and none of those people are you're scared of, really. I mean, Derek White can put up points, but you're not scared of Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> he, he, won, he, <laughs> he, he was my nominee for Jason Williams uh, White Chocolate Award uh Two seasons ago, he hasn't really hey, come to fruition, he, but one know, for one on threes, baby. That's a hundred percent in my book. Still up there, still up there. But um, yeah, Derek Williams is probably the only person who could have a game, but they're going to be relying heavily on Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Um, I don't think they can account for twenty from Horford again, uh, twenty and fifteen. Yeah, Horford, Horford was it down like it was two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, turning back the clock like he was in the Atlanta Hawks jersey. So, yeah, it was um, so a couple of Marcus Smart. Uh, it came out today. He won a defensive player of the year for oh, uh, guards to wow. do it since Gary Payton in 95, 96. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. But like you said, you can't play. I mean, it's hard. You can do it, but it's very difficult in the playoffs to only have eight guys. Yeah. So like the like I said with the Nets, what I was talking about with Durant, he played 41 minutes, only had 23 points, but that's still you know 23 points is 23 points. It's the rebounds and the assists that were kind of low, and he's not going to do that again. He's going to have a game where he scores 50, you know, 45, 50 points, and then if Kyrie is cooking the way he is, he had 39. Like that's not. They're going to have to figure something out. Yeah, and Brooklyn's only- playing 10 guys almost, and then like I said, the Celtics only have you know seven. Because Pritchard only played a few minutes to just yeah. relieve some of uh, Brown. Now, Marcus Moore, probably. Now, the only thing I can I'll put in the Celtics box is that I don't think the Brooklyn bench will be able to replicate what they did. I don't think Goran Dragic is going to have another game where it seems like he turns back the clock, getting to the basket at almost at will um, and knocking down mid range jumpers. Um, Claxton, I guess they, it depends on how the rotation with him and Drummond go, but if he's going to be playing this amount of minutes, he may be able to provide those points, but I can't see them getting consistent numbers from that big position. Um, with Tyus and Horford, man in the middle. Um, yeah, Drummond started, but only played 17 <clears throat> minutes. Yeah, so it's gonna now the thing is, it's Seth Curry gonna be held to only nine points, one three in the game. If they can do the, if they can limit his amount of shot attempts and his looks, I think actually they will be fine no matter what, because they just have to quell that third scoring option. It's similar to like, 
I can't remember. You've heard it many times. Like, okay, we'll let him go off. We will just can't let these other guys beat us. Like, yeah, Kyrie. All right, you can have forty. Durant, you can have forty. That only adds up to eighty points. Don't let the rest of the guys get twenty, so we could keep them under a hundred, basically. So yeah, and, that's, can, and I think that's going to be the the common thread moving forward is try to contain as much as you can KD and Kyrie, but then just fucking lock down everybody else. Yeah, and and the thing is, how many times can you do that if you're only playing eight guys? Really, seven yeah, guys. Exactly. And I, I wanted to I wanted to throw this out here because. We talked about this a few times uh, between Dinwiddie and Smart, like kind of changing their games. I don't know if you saw the last five seconds of this game. Yes, I did. Brown takes it down and then dishes it out to Smart. There was so many Two parts of my brain jumped on that shot that he was going <laughs> to. Sh- I thought he was going to shoot it anyway because old Marcus Smart would have shot it. Yeah. Two guys in his face. He would have shot it. He wanted to shoot it. You could tell he wanted, he wanted to, to shoot, shoot it. And then he passed it down to Tatum, who had this awesome spin move and lays it in for the, the buzzer and beater. But for I the just, kids listening, that's why you continue running the floor. Yeah, that's why. Keep cutting. Keep cutting. Keep always cutting, keep cutting. Always motion. If you're, if you're learning anything from this winning time series, constant motion leads to openings. All right. I am... Um, I finally all caught up with that. I was so sad that it was only, I thought the series was over. I thought I gave it enough time. And then I burned through five episodes and then I was like, all right, it's a ten you're episode. done. And I was it's like, a ten episode order. <laughs> so then I finally, I got to watch the sixth one the other day. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Always keep cutting though. That's the one thing we learned. Always keep cutting motion offense, baby. But, um, uh, speaking of Dinwiddie, is that the next game I got on here? No, no, that's not until it's not the next game. You brought him up. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Um, well, I was gonna say, uh, we got sidetracked because the cutting and all that. Uh, Mar- uh Tatum Marcus said Smart. that Tatum had said like in that moment. I thought everybody basically said like, oh, we thought he was shooting. Brown said it. See, Tatum so I'm not the only it. one who thought that. Everybody was like, oh yeah, we for sure thought he was gonna shoot. But then that's I saw him thing. make that dribble, and I just kept cutting. And then Marcus Smart was like, yeah, in the past, I would have shot that. But that uh, praises to Ime Udoka um, for believing in us and uh, and not calling the timeout, not calling the timeout, basically letting them, you know, figure it out on the floor uh, and trusting them. So that's why he was like, you know, I know the right play to make. And that's why I ended up stepping into that and making the correct play. So, yeah, I wanted to run this by you real quick before we move on. Um, this is something that I've always thought, and I know uh, Rosillo talks about it too, Ryan Rosillo, but there's a lot of people who are like, so say Marcus Smart takes that shot, misses, and they're like, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, it's just one game, whatever, whatever. I'm a big believer that the the playoffs as a whole, one begets the other, if that makes sense. So like, mm-hmm. you know, people are always like, oh, well, if one, if it ball rolls a different way, all of a sudden we're up one, one zero in the series. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but you play differently when you're down. Oh, one versus when you're up. Oh, one. Do you yeah. subscribe to that? Or do you think it's every game's individually different? Um, oh. You hit me with two things there and it's, it's, it is two different mindsets, but it's not like baseball where every game literally is a new game 
um, there is something, there is a bit of carryover because of the desperation. Uh, yeah, especially say if you're the home team in this case, like Boston is, yeah. you don't want to lose that home game. You want to keep your home field advantage. Um, and you play with a different sense of urgency. You play with a different mentality. Whereas uh, people say baseball, like the thing, the difference in baseball is it's a new pitcher every game. So yeah, it and literally it's, yeah, is it's a completely a new. Game. Yeah, you may you may swing extra hard because you're down or whatnot, but the construct of the game is different because the new pitcher you're seeing new people. Well, and you have less control in baseball too. Yeah, that too. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's one of those things where people are always like, oh, well, it's a seven game series. And I'm like, yeah, but every game kind of begets the next game. Like yeah. if you're down 2-0, all of a sudden you're like playing for your lives versus yeah. if you're up 2-0, you're like, oh, we've got a cushion. Yeah, it, it all depends on how comfortable you are in whichever situation. I mean, it goes back to you can go back to last uh, finals. You know, the Phoenix got up 2-0 on Milwaukee. And I, I said on this show, you can go back and listen to the episode. I said, I think Milwaukee's going to storm back and win four straight just because yep. you back them into a corner and they're going to get desperate and they're not going to want to let another game go because they know what that means. And that's exactly so, what happened. Yeah. I hate to say it, but your boys are yeah, we're getting. Losing. We're losing. We're losing. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's over. Believe I it's had over. that? It's over. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I thought reinforcements would be here by now. I got a little yeah, crazy. They were little promised. They were promised like four or five, six times all season. So yeah, who knows? Uh, but speaking of my boys, speaking my of reinforcements, Memphis Grizzlies also got smacked up. Um, they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves the other night. Uh, Brennan, tell me what happened. Anthony Edwards is what happened. The Ant-Man is here to stay. Great it's LeBron nickname, James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards. Coming over a lot of people there. I mean, your boy Joel Embiid. <laughs> no, so, Kumbo, I Nicole think uh, Memphis is definitely going to bounce back. Uh, this was kind of a weird situation. Minnesota, as everybody knows, was in the playing game, fought their way in. And Minnesota has been an afterthought. It's it, until they aren't. It's very much like the um, the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL, where it's like, oh, they stink all the time. They're always bad. They're just on a little bit of a hot streak. Oh, they're okay, but they're they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs. And then they were obviously in the playing game, and everyone's like, oh, well, they're just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And au contraire, mon frere, they got there and they were like, Memphis, we don't give a shit if you won, you know, 12 out of 17 without Ja, that you were <laughs> one of the best teams in the West. We don't give a fuck. They beat them by almost 30 points. Yeah, they laid it is. on them. It was, they were super physical. Yeah, it was close to Cat 15 had a- points and 30 <clears throat> points, but okay. Okay. Well, I was trying to be <laughs> hyperbolic for effect, but Cat played a lot better. Um, than what we saw, back, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, in the playing game. Uh, very interesting the way he lumbers around the court, though. At, at, he's only 25 and he looks like he's been playing for like 15 years in the league. <laughs> I mean, like, he reminds me, speaking body. of winning time, he reminds me of Kareem in winning time. Oh, he's just kind of like jogging. Um, but yeah, Anthony Edwards, uh, what was he, the number one pick last year? Fucking either last year or the two. year prior, yeah, number one pick, yeah. Yeah, so definitely here to stay. He's making a lot of noise. Very, very good on him. Uh, Memphis will bounce back, though. They've, Memphis, that team loves each other. They've got too much talent, and there's no way Jaw 
as tough as he is, is gonna yeah, he's not gonna lay down for fucking minute. Sorry, I keep swearing because I'm excited. No, he's gonna lay down for <laughs> Minnesota. It's understandable. Yeah, uh, it's like it's the Timberwolves. To, don't forget to watch Charmed at. 8 a.m. tomorrow, everybody, because you forgot to turn off TNT. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I like you think that this is an aberration game. Uh, Memphis shot like 25% from three in this game, and their defense just wasn't there. And Minnesota shot 50% from the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, they shot, shot like 47% from three. It was something stupid. 39%. Um. Oh. But yeah, they were fifty percent from the field, and it, 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 they were just on. They were just clicking. Um. So yeah, I definitely think Minnesota. Like, if you look at the numbers from Memphis, everybody had their correct numbers. Like, it all should have worked out where they win the game, except Memphis, Minnesota went. It's really annoying that there's two M teams in this damn game. I'm gonna confuse this all series long. Um, oh, yeah. Minnesota really Minnesota just went bonkers. Anthony Edwards leading the charge, and Malik Beasley um, really had a, a game, had a coming out game. Um, I was actually talking with one of my coworkers earlier that you know after he got traded from Denver over to Minnesota, he had a couple of really good games, but then he had uh, I can't remember if it was a gun possession or a marijuana possession charge where he ended up getting uh, arrested and then there were rumors of him dating um, Sky Pippen's ex-wife and it was like okay is his head focused is he doing what he's supposed to be doing and then oh my god that was like a year and a half ago and then this year he's kind of like righted the ship he took uh he scored the he had he now holds the franchise's three-point record for a season and a game um, and he's kind of recreated his game into making himself a three and D guy. Whereas when he came into the league, he was more of a slasher. So he provided a lot off the bench in this game, giving them a, a you real wanna, big third score. Do you want to hear something pretty uh, funny and a, very stupid? You're dating on my Scottie part. Pippen's ex-wife? No. <laughs> um, so they kept talking about Beasley. You thought it was um, Michael Beasley? Yeah. They were like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, I, during the broadcast, they were like, yeah, Beasley's really coming to his own after, you know, having some issues. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people thought he was, you know, had some character issues. And I was like, oh, it's, that doesn't look like Michael Beasley because he has a very distinct look to him. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't look like Michael. Be- I think we've talked about this before. Literally, like two or three weeks ago, I think you brought up Beasley, and I was like, Michael Beasley? And you're like, no, Malik Beasley. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's and right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, this, because this sounds familiar because I did it again. I kept saying Malik, and I go, they're saying Michael. Really weird. Really weird. God, I can't believe I've done that fucking twice in two months. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a good game. Um, but like, like we've talked about, I, uh, between Jaron Jackson and Morant, they're not and they're not going to lay down They're They might not be able to play Steven Adams um, the way they want to mm. just with because he's like, I, so this is what I was thinking. And um, by I was thinking I heard this on a, another podcast, but if they put Tillman in, who's the younger, more athletic, big Tillman uh, or Clark, honestly, but they could run the way <laughs> Towns was moving. They could run him off the floor. Mm. Because yeah. he's like, as far, I mean, he's already a defensive liability. And then he's, you know, he's a big dude. Like you said, he, you know, he's a bigger guy. So he kind of, he doesn't have the quickness that you would expect from an NBA player. So if they put Tillman out there, who's only six, eight, two forty five, 
he could he could probably you know run up and down pretty well um, against Towns. That's just my two or, cents. Or I mean, they could they have a combination of a lot of dudes where they could go to their variation of a death Small. lineup of sorts. Yeah, where. Yeah. They could have Bane out there alongside. Oh, there we got Bane. Sorry, sorry. They could have Tyus Jones, Melton. They could have Brandon Clark. They could have Kyle Anthony. Like they have a bunch of young athletic guys. Of all the teams, like they're one of the deepest teams. So, I, I, I uh, yeah, they they run with eighteen or fifteen <laughs> or something stupid. I heard. I, uh, I I have full confidence in Taylor Jenkins that he'll figure it out, make the proper adjustments for the next game, and um, that team will have a much better showing uh, come tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. But uh, on to the next one. All right. This was the game. This was the game. This was the, not really blow, but you know, it's always funny how the, the numbers just, once you see a triple digit and not a triple digit, you kind of are like, oh, it's a massacre. Um, 11 point game. <laughs> 11 yeah. Point game. Uh, Phoenix over New Orleans Pelicans who backdoored their way in via the play in. Um, I, I don't really know if there's much to say about this game. Um, Everybody well, I wanted to talk. You could take your victory work. lap about uh, your Phoenix I mean, Suns pick. You could take your victory lap about your best friend, Chris Paul. Um, you gotta stop putting it on me. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Uh, Phoenix. I mean, they they're they're in it to win it. They're not they're not backing down from nobody, and they're not they're not going to slow down. They had a a brief respite in this game in this third quarter where they got outscored by eleven, and then they immediately put the gas. Right back on. The Pelicans almost didn't have thirty points at the half. Yeah, I mean, man, it they, ended, they ended up with thirty-four, but yeah, this is this game got out of hand quickly, and the only reason the score is what it is is because they kind of let the Pelicans get back in in the third quarter, like you said. This game was over, baby. This yeah. series is over. This will be a clean sweep. Get them out of here. This for sure is going to be a clean sweep. Um, Cam Johnson. I mean, he had his coming out party last year, and he's just a scorer, man. He's fun to watch. He's athletic as all hell, super long pause, but um, he's good. he is the X factor off the bench. But I got to say, man, I forgot who I was listening to, but they made a great point that Monty Williams should be coach of the year just on the strength of he got Deion, he has DeAndre Aiden playing and committed, even though he doesn't have the commitment from the team of a new contract to get yep. a young kid like that, to just stay focused on the mission. It's like, that's insane. So along with him book and Paul, like they, there's just so much, it's crazy how in one year and a year and a half, like all these, the younger guys, the young core of this team before Chris Paul got there, bridges, a Booker Johnson, um, They've all matured so much in just like a year, and pretty much since the 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 eight games in the bubble when they went eight yeah. and zero in the bubble, and then getting Chris Paul last year just took it to another place. But yeah, in New Orleans, I mean, it's great that they're here, but until Zion's there, they're not going to be what they could be or what they should be. So this is always going to be an incomplete until he shows up. Yeah, you're 100% right. I wanted to piggyback off what you were saying about Monty Williams and getting DeAndre to buy in. It's 
it's refreshing because we've talked about the player empowerment era before in the NBA and everything like that. And like, just you look at a guy like James Harden, who's on his third team in 18 months because of one reason or another, it's totally his business and it's his right as a player. He could do whatever the hell he wants, but then to see that and then to see a stark contrast with a younger, a much younger player who grew up around this player empowerment era of LeBron only signing one and two year deals and stuff like that. Like that's what he saw coming up in basketball, but he's like, no, I don't have a contract. I don't fucking care. Like I want to win this ring. I want to win it for Chris. I want to win it for Phoenix. Like let's go. And so it's, it's, it's definitely been a cool thing to watch. Because I think the owner there, Sarver, is garbage. Um, And just that whole organization is kind of rotten from the inside. This was like the first year I think he's ever even come close to the luxury tax in like a decade or something crazy because he doesn't want to pay his players. So the fact that DeAndre can put his head down and just go to work in the truest sense, like as an athlete going to work, it's it's been awesome to see. And he's putting to rest all these things of, he was the number one overall pick over Luca, over Trey, over all of those guys. He's like, no, I'm going to win the championship before any of those guys even make it to the finals. So yeah. fuck off. Before Luca even gets to a second round. That's what I, yeah, I, I didn't want to go that far because I'm pretty sure Trey's gone to the second round. But Trey, yeah, Trey made it to the Eastern Conference final last year. But Luca, Luca, yeah. of the three of them, Luca's the one that has gotten the fleet, the, has not gotten the, the furthest. The but most, gotten praise, the most but the recognition. I'm about to say, he yeah. the most recognition. I mean, it's mainly because he's Caucasian. One more round. Yeah. Yeah, in the NBA, that makes so much sense. <laughs> well, you know, the writers, right? the people covering the game. <laughs> um, not, we could breeze through these one more round. Uh, Miami put it on them. Uh, they put yeah, it I didn't watch any of this game. Atlanta. Um, they held Trey in check. Trey was 0 for 7 from 3, 1 for 12 from the field. Um, the difference was a man who has the heart of everyone in San Antonio, Duncan Robinson went eight for nine from three, nine for 10 from the field, 27 points off the bench. Didn't even need Tyler hero to do much. Um, yeah. Duncan Robinson was the difference maker. Now, if only he would have did it in season when I had him on my fantasy team for all those months waiting for this kind of game and he never showed up. One more round. All right. Speaking of Luca, I'm going to take this one. Uh, so before we record, before we uh, got to going, uh, Dallas was down 0-1 to Utah, and the series is being played in Dallas because since they're the four and Utah's the five. But since we've started recording, Dallas pulled out a victory. No Luka Doncic out for a second game, but Dallas was able to uh, get a win. Spencer Dinwiddie kind of went off and did old school Spencer Dinwiddie stuff, but that's what they needed. They needed someone to come out and be a playmaker. And that's what he did. Dallas ended up winning. So the series is now tied one, one Lucas should be back for game three. Just a side note. Dallas is a garbage team without Luca. It's weird because in this whole era of like big threes and big two, you know what I mean? Like everyone has at least two or three stars. It's so crazy to see a team that legit just has one star. (laughs) And then if they get hurt, it's revolving around him. (laughs) Yeah. And what do they call it? Heliocentric offense. One more round. It's a great, great science word right there for everybody. Um, the Warriors are up 2-0, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> what happened? What? It's just the game's not even over, but you're just like, yeah, the Warriors this are is, This is over, man. Um, the Warriors in – ah, man, this is so annoying to say. You know what, Steve Kirk, hell of a coach. 
Hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. Um, with all the injuries that this team had and all and like the one dip they had when Draymond was out. Um and Yeah, that was weird too. It was like it, he was like the, the whole thing holding it together. He was holding the whole thing together. Um but the fucking it house also, of cards. It allowed so many people to flourish and we we kept thinking like, okay, but when so and so gets back, like that person can't be who they were during that time period. And Steph was out basically leading into the playoffs and to start the playoffs, they have him coming off the bench and he's playing well alongside Jordan Poole, who's leading the charge, leading scorer so far in this game, leading scorer in last game. And Clay is finally getting that together. So it's insane. Go ahead. He's been he no, it's just so they've got the lineup of death that we've talked about. And everyone's like, oh, this is how they were playing before KD got there when they first started winning championships and yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, that was five years ago. This team's a lot older now. Um, but then you plug in a guy like Jordan Poole when Clay or not Clay, when Steph was hurt and he was and playing Clay well. Was hurt. Yeah. And he was playing well, but nobody, nobody expected him to you play like this. it would stop once, you know, Clay got healthy. And then yeah. Clay and now they're playing really Clay. And then you thought Steph it was okay when Steph got healthy going into the postseason. It's like, okay, but he's still doing the thing. So now they just have them all out there and Draymond it's insane. orchestrating the whole thing. And it's like, damn, how do they do this again? Yeah, it's crazy. The, and like they say lineup of death and you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, how are they going to defend? But Dude, I was watching most of this first half of this game, and it's just like three, three. Well, also, three. the problem is there's not much left on the Denver Nuggets. It's it's yeah, Jokic, that's true too. It's Jokic and the Pips. All right, Monte. Well, Morris so that's is the not- other thing too is what we just what I just said about Dallas could be said about Denver, but that's not that wasn't supposed to be the case in Denver. Exactly. Denver has that's not three supposed guys. to be the thing. That's not we have. We have three guys. We only saw two of them all season. And the other guy only played nine games this year. And then he had a back surgery. So it, it, if we're it's never going to be This was whole, supposed to be the year for Denver. It's not I fair. Say, if we're never going to be whole, we're never going to get it done. I mean, the Murray thing is more of a freak injury where he ended up getting an ACL tear in the middle, like right before the postseason last year. Um, so that one was you know what it is but do you remember this we Michael Porter this? thing man this Michael Porter thing is starting to get weary because coming out of college it was a back injury he've sat out the whole going first into college year. it was a back injury he sat out the whole first year he's 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 routinely been out and i mean we didn't you know overreach on him as a pick but we've already resigned him to like a 95 million dollar contract yeah it was a and big if the contract. guy can't be out on the floor it's like what we got to make a pivot. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to. I remember we had first started doing this podcast when Murray had his coming out party in the bubble. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was so Murray. exciting. It was my fantasy and, basketball team name for an entire year. year and, and he half. started doing the fucking arrow thing. He was already the doing arrow. that, but everybody was seeing but it on national TV. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember talking to you because I knew you were a Nuggets fan. And I was like, this Murray guy's like exploding. And he yeah. did it in the playoffs. And then the rap was, well, Murray's done this before. He's hot and cold. He won't be able to do it next season. It was only in the playoffs. And then that next year, they played out of their minds. They played really well. Get to the playoffs. Murray gets hurt. Yeah. And it's been like, it was it's it's just 
it's frustrating because as I'm not even a Denver fan, but you are. And it's frustrating just as your friend to see it like, no, you're right there. Like you got it. Right. There. And then this freak say, shit happens and you're the, like, no, in the bubble, it was, Hey man, Western conference finals against the Lakers. We could steal. We could have stole that first game. if Anthony Davis doesn't hit that shot, but you know what? Gain the experience like the Suns are now. And it's like, all right, next is we're next up. And then Murray gets hurt last year and it's like dang we might have and then you see what the Spurs these Spurs you see what the Suns do and now you're seeing the Warriors look alive and you see what Memphis is doing and it's like fuck did we miss our window yeah that's it's so fleeting it's so fleeting in the NBA so yeah All right, we, that was too long of a one more round Oh, Especially because right. you started that with we yeah, no, two, two, down two oh. All right, <laughs> down two oh. Moving on, uh, Reddit MLB as we always joke, it's in full swing. Um, hey, so Kershaw, I think it was last Thursday. I got a notification on my phone. Kershaw is perfect going into the seventh inning, um, and I was like, oh, turning this on right now. Turn it on. He stays perfect for the entire seventh inning. He's at about 80 pitches and they pull him. They pulled him. Yeah. Had a, had a potential, no perfect bid. Pulled him, even though in that next bottom inning, they ended up getting three homers. So I was like, because when he left the mound, um, it was 3 0. And then in that next inning, they get three homers. And I'm like, he has a cushion. If your worries where he may mess up the game, he may give up a run or two. Like you have a cushion, just throw him out there. You know, get get see if he can do it. But um, they pulled him. How, how do you feel about this? How do you feel? This is not this is not a young arm anymore. This is a thirty four year old guy. He's near the end of his career, if not the beginning. Um, now he has been come. He's come off a couple surgeries, a couple uh, IL stints and whatnot, but a perfect game has only been done 23 times in the MLB. Like, and this is a big name and he was right there. Yeah. It's not, um, I'm always, I'm normally always about going for history, but this is, you've laid it out, man. This team is about the postseason. This team is about winning another championship. This is not about a 34 year old pitcher, which is a hundred in pitcher years going out there and trying to blow out his arm to make, a list of 20 to make it 24. You know what I mean? And as an organization, I pull them now as a player, I'd be like, Oh, fuck yourself. I'm going out there. I'm playing. But as an organization, I completely understand pulling him a hundred percent. There's not, nobody cares about a perfect game. How many no, no's did we have last year? Like seven? No, no, gives different. a shit. You can lose a no, 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 no's are different. Yeah, that's true. No, no's are different. Perfect game. 27 up. 27 out. I think they got to let him at least go for at least let him go in the next inning and see if he can hold it down. You have the run. Yeah, but if he's if he's overcompensating and blows out his arm, blows out his elbow because he's trying to throw harder than he should be to get this perfect game. He's your number. He's your day one starter. Then what do you tell the rest of the team? First of all, he's not the day one starter. I'd like to introduce you to Walker Bueller. Um, oh, I forgot about Second Bueller. of all, that guy's going to get mad about that. <laughs> second of all, um, Kershaw is not a hard ball pitcher. Kershaw is not overexerting his arm. 
Kershaw is a he's creature. had three surgeries, but it's it's not it's for wear and tear. It's not because he's throwing hard as hell. You just made my point. Yeah, Thank I, you. that's what I'm saying. So at this point, he's 34. He he has the ring. Pick until your arm falls off. The, the only reason you're out there is to pick until your arm falls off. At least yeah, do it for true. something. No, I'm saying as a player, I, I I think Kershaw should have been like, no, screw all of you. I'm going back out there. But as an organization, I can I completely 100% understand what they're doing. I get it. You do too. You just wanted it, to see it. I get it, but you got to... You, you can't give me the notification that he's going for the perfect game and then after a half inning, he's done going for the perfect game. Joe, who was the last person? Don't look it up. Who was the last person not to throw a perfect know. game? I'm not going to know. I think who it was like 2012. Last year? The Braves. Yeah, and you know exactly. what? They won it without one of their best players. So I don't think the Dodgers need Kershaw. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is you remember the champions. You don't remember these. We talked about it before with LeBron going for the scoring title. It's like, you know, there was talking heads were all torn on it. And it's like, yeah, he should go for the scoring title because that's something he should do. And it's like, nobody knows who won the scoring title. Like, nobody knows. Who cares? Scoring title is not a perfect game. There's only 23 perfect games. There's 75 scoring titles. I was dying to jump to that. I was hoping you were going to blank on the number. 74 before this year. Now it's 75. But, um, all right, Brett, another thing. So, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a no, few not. Red no Sox. This is. There's a few Red Sox that will not be able to play. They're not making the trip over to play the Blue Jays. Now, this just happened as well with the Athletics, the Oakland Athletics. They had some guys sit back because they can't go over to Toronto um, because they don't have their shots. Canada has a very strict um, policy as far as their COVID restrictions. It's also going to affect the NBA playoffs. Matisse, Matisse Thibel can't go play those games in Toronto against the Raptors. Um, do you think this gives Canada an unfair advantage? Um. Yeah, I mean, technically it gives them an unfair advantage. I mean, that's why when I live in one of the most liberal cities in the entire country and they literally changed the mandates because baseball season was starting. And uh, obviously Canada does not care as much about baseball as America does. Well, they're fine so with their they, team, but they're, they're not going to take any of those dirty Americans going over there and playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It definitely gives them. I don't think it's this big conspiracy like that. They were trying to gain an advantage, but it definitely gives them an advantage. Of course. Some of the best players in these country boys that don't want to get them damn shots. Oof. Hell of a yawn there. Um, yeah, I, I find this. Uh, I'm shocked it's not being discussed more. Um, I didn't even realize it happened with the athletics until this Boston story broke where a bunch of guys are just not going to go. Um, it'll be interesting to see when the Yankees as well have to go because we know there's certain players on their team that isn't vaccinated. They, they've alluded to not being vaccinated. Um, so I think that also, I think I, I think it also puts them at a disadvantage. I think it put, it may put the Blue Jays at a disadvantage because so? I mean, so your pitchers won't get to see Aaron Judge until they oh, go to yeah, yeah, New York. Yeah. So it's like getting that familiarity, especially with somebody in your division. It, you want to play them as much time as possible to get that familiarity with them. You can learn only so much from watching, you know, the film, but getting out there on the field against them really changes the the perception of that. True. 
Oh, I thought you had something else. I'm sorry. I don't know. And last but not least, are your former Mets finally putting it all together, Brennan? They are currently number one in the NL East. Um, t- one game, well, effectively tied with the Dodgers and the Giants for the best team in the league right now. Do you think they can hold on to this? The pitching is looking well. The bats are moving. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, so, <clears throat> excuse bless, me. Bless. Sorry. I didn't mean to do that into the mic. But, uh, yeah, so they yes, haven't been do. playing. They haven't been playing terrible um, this year. But they, they did have that. We talked about it last week where they had that debacle where they gave up like an eight-run lead in the eighth inning or the sixth inning or something. That was uh, last week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, a week has passed, and, you know, they've won uh, four out of their last five. Uh, they beat the Phillies twice, Diamondbacks twice. Now they're going to a series with the Giants. Uh, I don't I don't know. Baseball is a long season. It's very, very early. I'm going to say no, they cannot maintain this. Well, um, I think there's a strong possibility. Um <laughs> The thing though, Brennan, if they don't maintain it, you know what they may, that may mean. What? <laughs> that mean the Marlins may take over the NLE spit because the yeah, Braves don't got- look too high. The do- the the Nats are god awful. Um they have no pitching. They only have one batter in that entire lineup, and that's Juan Soto. The Phillies they look like the Mets of last year. They can't figure this shit out. The Marlins just beat them three out of five. Three out of yeah, four. The Phillies are sorry. garbage, man. The so, Phillies are always garbage. <laughs> the Phillies have the bats, but they don't have the they don't have the pitching whatsoever. I mean, and the guys they were re- relying on last year at the top of the order, uh, Wheeler, Eflin, and um, I think Nola's gone. Actually, um, there's one other guy, but the guys that they were relying on at the top of that rotation, they aren't they aren't giving their best stuff at this point. Um, no, it's not like it was last year for them. So. Yeah, Nola is still there. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, if, if if the Mets can't hold on to it, Brennan, maybe my default uh, the hot bats of the Marlins may backdoor their way into the playoffs this year. My God. Yeah, man, you got that jersey just in time. That throwback hey, jersey, Mickey Cabrera, going for that 300, uh, 3,000 hits, and so we'll be keeping an eye out for that as well. But there's other pressing things to get to. Brennan, what is going yes. on with your Tampa Bay Lightning? Um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning going against the Red Wings uh, tomorrow. Uh, there was a really cool, pretty, pretty badass uh, promo for it. It was like very much like Don, 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 Don. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, that's all I saw on that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we've won three out of the last four. Uh, we've been playing better. Vasilevsky's been playing better. I know he had that run where he was giving up, you know, f- between four to six goals in a in a few games. But uh, lately, he's been, you know, locking them down. Only gave up two, then then none, then shut out the shutout, shutout. Then only gave up three, and then gave up uh, four. So still better than where he was. I'm, you know, happy to not be in the same issue that you're having, where your guys giving up five goals and then everyone's got to score eight. Uh, everyone looks to be healthy, getting ready for the playoffs. I thought last week we were about to get into the playoffs, but we were still 10 games out. So we'll see what happens because, uh, as always, Steven Stamkos leads the team in goals. Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman are lighting it up. 
Getting ready for the playoffs, baby. And we're just so everybody about, knows, we are currently third in the Atlantic Division standings. We're now about seven games away from the playoffs. We are you slow know. rolling. But this is slowly turning. I refute what you said, Brennan, in the last, what is that? One, two, three, four, five games. Four games, sorry. Got ahead of myself. The last four games, we have let up only a maximum of two goals. So that's a one Look at score. you guys. It's a Look two at score. It's a one score and a one score. Brandon, those were all four victories. You want to know how many victories we gotten lately? How many? We're on a 10-game win streak. God damn it. Of course. Of Ice course. Cats on a 10-game win streak. We have multiple guys right now with over 40, 40, over 30 goals. That is, was, I know Duclair did it, Huber dude did it, and the Bark man, Barky did it. Um, the Huber dude, if he's not getting an award, I don't know what the fuck we're doing out here. He has over 108 points. He has 78 assists. He has been going crazy this season. Um, and the goalkeeping is is picking up at the right time. Oh my gosh. If 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 Barkoff Barkoff if Bobrovsky can stay on top of his head for the rest of this run, we'll, we'll be in great hands. Um, so yeah, there's not much to check in on because you know, ten wins, no you know downside to any of this. Um, don't want to get more you know wins than the Avalanche. It'll be fun to have a repeat of '96. I wasn't really you know cognizant for that or following hockey, might have you um, back then. So it'll be fun for me and Greg to jaw back and forth, have some uh, fun banter on the discords and whatnot. But yeah, man, Hockey Town USA, Hockey Town USA, baby, <sighs> Sunrise, Florida. And you'd be surprised how quick and quick game hits quick hit. Brennan. Yeah, before um, we get into the things you had, I just wanted to throw this out there. Michael Beasley has had one of the most odd careers in NBA slash basketball history. Yeah. And so the, he gets drafted and, and by the, the Heat in 2008. It, the worst thing was it uh, he wore a watch on his ankle once. Really? Did he? So he gets drafted in 2008, goes from the Heat to the Timberwolves to Phoenix, back to the Heat. Then he goes over to China to play for the Shanghai Sharks. Then he comes back in 2015 on a 10-day uh, contract with the Heat. The then Shanghai he goes Sharks, back over I think that was, uh, I think that was um, what's that thing called? Uh, what's the thing called? The uh, lockout season. That might have been the lockout season. 2014-15. No, yeah, he was well, not the lockout just, season. <laughs> no, he was signed. No, listen, because he goes, this isn't his first, he did, does it more than once. So he goes to Shanghai Sharks. Then he comes back and plays for the Heat Sorry, on a 10-day like, contract. Doing my taxes right now. Then he goes to Shandong Golden Stars for the rest of that season. <laughs> then he comes back to the States to play for the Houston Rockets. Then the Milwaukee Bucks. Then the Knicks. Then the Lakers. Then goes back to China for the Gaudong Southern Tigers. And now he's playing saying. in the Puerto Rican. Uh, not even going to try to pronounce that. Superior Nacional <laughs> basketball team. Jeez. Wow. That's insane. That can't be right. That's insane. No, no, no. You're you're not wrong. That that is insane. That's such a god. Only in the NBA, you can't do that in the NFL or baseball. Well, I guess you could do it in baseball, but there's so many minor league teams in baseball. You just stay in the states. Yeah, not a lot of Beijing squads. So, I mean, I think it's big in Japan. 
Yeah, bigger in Japan. Uh, well, Brennan, you rightly threw us on a tangent. Um, so one of the questions I was going to ask you, there are a plethora of high-status receivers who are planning to skip their off-season workouts until they get a new contract. Some of these guys listed are Debo Samuels, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin, all seeking new contracts after having stellar seasons last year and seeing the market go up, up, up. So how do you feel about these guys ditching <laughs> off-season workouts in order to get that bread? So all these guys are on their uh, last and final. They're all going into their final year of their rookie deal. So anybody who knows anything about the NFL, um, about 10 years ago, the uh, draft scale was changed. There is now set rookie contracts for your position you're taking in the NFL draft. And if you were taken in the first round, then you do have a fifth year option. Other than that, you have a four year contract, uh, mainly uh, mostly guaranteed money. But it's a lot. It's a light. It's very light money. The reason they do that is because of busts. Before that, <clears throat> I think uh, Bradford was the last one or Stafford. One of those two were the last ones to get the big boy contracts before they implemented this system. And what was happening was if you took a guy in the first round in the first five picks and he ended up being a bust, you would destroy your cap for years. So they changed that. The problem is now you get these late round picks like Debo and uh, Terry where they outperform that contract within the first couple years, but the team technically doesn't have to give them any money. So I 100% agree with this to quote one of my very good friends, Matt Folcheron, you better get paid up in this bitch. That's what it's all about. You slam that money on the table. Let's go. Uh, yeah, they got to get paid. They're going to pay them. They have to pay them or trade them. Either way, they're going to get their money before the season starts. The NFL is not like the NBA. They don't just willy-nilly trade assets like that uh, unless you're the Rams and you don't care about draft picks. So I think all these deals will get worked out. Who do you think uh, gets the biggest of the deals? Debo. Debo by far. Debo's the best one out of all three of them. And Debo's right the most one. important. But I'm just saying Debo. Don't yell at me. I'm not. Debo is San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan football personified. So he gets paid. All right. Speaking of getting paid, Stefan Gilmore signed a two year, $23 million deal, 14 mil of it guaranteed. Uh, so I'm effectively calling that a one year deal. Um, do you think this is by the Colts? I don't know if I said that. Do you think no. he is what the Colts are looking for to shore that defensive end, that defensive end, that defensive backfield? I think he's going to be beneficial. I don't think he's the same Stephon Gilmore that he was two or three years ago. Uh, we saw this happen with Revis. We saw this happen with um, Norman. We saw this happen with, uh, shit, Seahawks, the, the leader of Richard the Legion Sherman. of Boom. Richard Sherman. I don't think he's in that camp yet. I don't think he's fallen that far from grace. Bless you. But I do think he's not going to be as productive as he was <clears throat> in um, New England. But uh, I think it's good for the Colts. I mean, we talk about their offensive line all the time and we talk about how steady that running game is and they just need to find a quarterback and they could win because their defense is always, you know, decent. They're always in the middle of the pack, top of the, you know, top of the middle tier, I guess you'd say. So I think it's going to be good for them, but I don't think this is going to be a franchise altering signing at all. Um, yeah, they need the, the thing that's going to finish it off. Um They've been making little moves around it. Uh, Matt Stafford, bringing in Matt Stafford's a big, big swing this year. Um, not as big as, you know, Carson Wentz. But um, I think Stephon Gilmore definitely. Matt uh, Stafford. 
Did I say Matt Stafford? Yeah, twice. Matt Ryan, damn it. I'm sorry. Too many Matts. I was um, like, wait a second. I could have sworn they signed an extension over there in LA. Too, too many Matts. Too many Matts. Matt Ryan, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I definitely think Stephon Gilmore would do uh, wonders for this defense right now because even though you know he's probably lost somewhat of a step, he still played pretty well once he got to Carolina last year. So I think he will be able to provide them with enough of what they're looking for in order to get, you know, in order to stop teams on defense and get the offense the ball a few more times. Um, and hopefully, you know, I don't hope they win. I always hope the Eagles win, but, you know, let's see how that goes. I want to you know, I'm just going to jump in real quick. I did think it was interesting that uh, Carolina went on this spree of uh, getting corners last year. They traded with the, the Jags to get their top 10 pick from the year before in CJ. Then they went out and got Stefan. And they have the sixth pick in the draft this year, and everyone's talking about them reaching for a quarterback. And it's like this draft He's has also three drafted of the best. a quarterback too. Yeah, and it's like this draft has two or three of the best corners that are going to go in the top ten. Like, why would you trade away all this capital and then not go and get a young guy on a rookie deal that's going to be better than everybody you traded away for in the first place? I don't know. It's just it's mind blowing to me. Well, I, I think- Sam Darnold, I think, is okay. I mean, he was he won every game he had McCaffrey for. I also think um, that also played into um, they ended up their their first round pick ended up getting hurt, I believe, right? Casey Horn, yeah, Joe Horn, yeah. So I think that also factored into it heavily. Why you know they kept searching for other guys? Yeah, I, I know they thought that if McCaffrey could get healthy, then they were only a couple of cornerbacks away from making a run. So. Hmm. I don't know Did why. Did you see what Robbie Anderson said about Baker Mayfield possibly going there? Robbie Anderson? Who's Robbie Anderson? Yeah. What team the is wide it? receiver Robbie Anderson for the Carolina, oh, Carolina. Panthers. Uh, didn't we already get reports that both sides are mutually disinterested? I don't know if Baker's. Uh, I don't know. All I know is it was blown up today on ESPN. Robbie Anderson literally tweeted, no, like N O O O O O, all capital, well, all exclamation Obviously, point. he doesn't want him there either. So I don't see why they would go against one of their premier players per se. I mean, he signed a big enough deal to where um, they would. Yeah, think I think they should roll, roll with Sam Darnold. I've been saying this is fucking two thousand and goddamn seventeen. <laughs> Again, Sam Darnold has proven over and over that he is. Who not you rolling the guy. with, Sam? Sam Darnold. It's not the guy. All right, Brennan, we haven't done this in quite some time, but we're bringing it back. It is the walk-offs. As you know, I don't know if the folks know, but uh, it's customary that the man hosting goes second, so you will go first. So I will shut up as I continue to do my Texas. I'm very glad we brought back the walk-off. My walk-off is called Too Many Options. With the draft fast approaching and my Jacksonville Jaguars, Having the number one overall pick, you would think I was excited, hell, even elated, that we have our choice of anyone we want on the board. Alas, it is quite the opposite. I am filled with dread and anxiety because I have a sneaking suspicion my beloved underdog of a franchise will do what they normally do and mess it all up. Let me explain what I mean. Every citable mock draft has Jacksonville taking Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher slash defensive end from the University of Michigan, number one overall. There's the same overall consensus about him as a player as well. Great locker room guy, true leader, steady, 
but will not overwhelm you with his athletic ability and talent. Basically, I've heard people say he's a poor man's Bosa brother, neither of whom were number one picks. Joey went third, Nick went second. So still doesn't justify his number one overall rating. And he definitely doesn't have the same upside as Miles Garrett, who was the last defensive end that went number one overall in 2017. Before that, it was Jadavian Clowney, who can safely say did not live up to his own hype. And Hutchinson is nowhere near those guys' abilities athletically. Still, that seems to be the general take. Hutchinson number one. I do not think this is the right choice. You can look at it from both sides, analytically and from an eye test perspective. The rap on the eye test, I've already covered. Not overwhelming athletic talent. He's a poor man Bosa brother. If we really dig into the numbers, I do not think the Jags have any business drafting another defensive player at a time when they have a quote-unquote generational talent at quarterback. They need to focus on protecting him and finding weapons. The numbers. Since 2015 draft, the Jaguars have had nine first-round picks. Of those, six were on the defensive side of the ball. Of those six, only three are left on the team. Of those three, only one is a full-time, here-we-go, day-one starter, and that's Josh Allen, who I could argue is not living up to his expectations, mainly because he's quoted as to saying so much himself. Our best defensive draft came in 2016. Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, and Yannick Ngankwe in the first three rounds. All starters in the NFL, none of which are still on our team. The point I'm trying to make is why do we keep banging our head against the wall hoping for a different outcome for the past six years? Instead, I think we should look towards protecting our franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence and going way outside our comfort zone and taking an offensive tackle. You might think, Brennan, didn't your starting left tackle Cam Robinson just sign his franchise tag? Yes. Yes, he did. This is, however, the same Cam Robinson that has only played a full season once in five years and missed almost an entire season in 2018. He is injury prone and slow off the block. Plus, you can never have too many offensive linemen in today's NFL. This probably won't happen because the Jags have also been burned by offensive linemen too. Luke Jokel was taken number two by my beloved franchise in 2013. Do you remember him? Obviously not because he was washed out of the league by 2017 entirely. So maybe that's not the best play. All I know for sure is that being number one creates too many options. That's it. That's all I got. I don't, about I don't know. The draft. <sighs> well, we I still have two more weeks of this uh, for walk-offs, so Very get annoying. ready. Very annoying. Trust me, walk-offs will disappear next week somehow. We'll talk about all eight <laughs> playoff series. Um. <laughs> uh. So, look at us making perfect time. Fifty nine minutes. Wow. Look at that. Um. So my walk off is called finish strong. It's gonna be a rant, Brendan. I didn't. I didn't get Brendan. Damn it. I didn't get to write anything down. Um. Very off annoyed. Very annoyed. The last two weeks. Um. A loss to Coventry City. A loss to. Derby County. Um, Fulham has been rocking and rolling, has a 58, you know, goal differential, highest of any team in the league. We have 83 points. One more win would pretty much, I mean, we're already secured to not drop below uh, promotion. We can't be, we can't not make promotion and we're not going to be in the playoffs. So we're going to end up one of the top two teams. But one more win will solidify us being solidify us being the top team promoted. We will be the number one team, thus getting the most money as far as promotion advancement goes. And thus, 
you know, giving us a better foothold going into next season. But again, we have dropped the last two games after going on a form where we hadn't lost a game since shoot. We hadn't lost a game since when was this game against Huddersfield? Do, 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 do. Need a date on this. This is not good, guys. Need a date on this. Do, 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 do. Haven't lost a game since February 19th. That was the last time we lost a game. Um, prior to these back-to-back L's that we've uh, taken. Um, so, yeah, people didn't get their head out of their ass. We've, we've played well in both of the games, but we just haven't finished proper. Um, we've just let left goals unattended left goals to be desired and um, not finishing in the final third. So we just need to get back to what we were doing, get the ball to the right players, um, stop changing the lineup as much as we have been. Um, There's too much inconsistency with trying to get everybody, you know, some goal, some playing time. And there needs to be a more focus on, you know, finishing what we started. So that is my walk off. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. But we're going up, so. We're going up. There you go. We're going up regardless, so it don't matter. But no, it just. That's good. Yeah, feel good. To, the, intro, the intro will make sense again. Yeah, it finally makes sense again. Even though it's not a playoff final, but still. But Brennan, where can we find you? Oh, um, at Brennan T comedy on all social media, Brennan T comedy.com. Um, check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Uh, lots of comics on artists. Joe's been on musicians. I have a photographer coming on in two weeks, which is going to be a fun episode what happened to the chef, my brother-in-law just never, we could never make it happen. And then I moved to the city and it just never worked out. Uh, mm. I might get, I might get my executive chef in here, though. Uh, Anyway, so I have people on normally creatives or artists of some kind. And then we talk about their crazy drinking stories, drug stories, getting in trouble stories, party stories, all sorts of fun stuff. It's called X Drinking, buddy. Um, Check it out wherever you get your podcast. And then, yeah, check out my website, BrennanTComedy.com. I got dates in uh, New York and then um, I'll be in Ohio next month. So that'll be fun. So check it out. Joe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorva. You can find me um, on you find this show's Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press. Don't forget to head over to the new low network, uh, the new low.co, where you can find all the other shows on the new low, ne- new low network. Um, flabbergasted by all the taxes I have to pay right now. Sorry. Um, wait, this is what happens when you wait till the final day. Um, yeah, so Brennan, get me out of here so I can go to sleep and make more money tomorrow. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out. Brandon Chubb came into the restaurant. Not Bradley. His little brother, Brandon. Not Nick. His little cousin, Brandon. I was like, man, that's got to be tough. <laughs> you have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Tears from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? 
Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, aka Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.